Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. Victory for your Steelers. And I thought this was a really impressive win. I know the Bengals aren't what they used to be without Burrow, no Higgins, all that. I predicted a Steeler win in a similar fashion. But still, it's a division game on the road, a game you had to have. And some things didn't go your way for a while. And you still had a pretty dominant performance, in my opinion. I, I thought this was a pretty dominant game on both sides of the ball. Now, as we often do on these you know, first reaction pods, I want to go through halftime stats, final stats, and then I got all kinds of bullet points of just stuff, stuff I saw. So let's start with the halftime stats, which I think say a lot. I mean, at this point, the game's 7-3. Pickett's 13 for 19 for 149, where Browning's 9 for 12 for 101 and a touchdown. Jamar Chase at this point has three targets, two catches, 42 yards, but his catch was deflected and kind of bounced right to him. Like, I don't blame the cover guy, Porter, by the way, who did a yeoman's work against Jamar Chase. That's how that yeoman's work's the right word, right? I think so. At this point, Fryermuth has seven targets including the first catch of the game right up the seam. I mean, it was almost like, I shouldn't say this, but kind of a giving the finger to, <laughs> you know, to, to Matt Canada almost like Friar Moose underused, middle of the field's underused, boom, first row is going to be there down the seam, big green. But he has five for 88 going into the half. I mean, a huge story here with Friar Muth. Pickens only had one target, caught it for five yards at this point. Najee was seven for 46 with some impressive power runs. I mean, at the half, the Steelers had 221 yards. I mean, how often have we said that in the last couple of weeks or last couple of years since he had 98? They had 80 rushing yards for just 12 for the Bengals at this point, averaging 6-1 a, a, a play versus 4-9. 10 first downs versus 5. You know, they were 3 of 9 on first downs at that point, but since he was 0 for 4. 1909 of time of possession and 36 plays compared to 1051 and 20 plays. You know how much that makes me happy. I mean, I love that. I mean, that's exactly what this team needs to do. Uh, both teams have punted four times. The Steelers had one turnover at this point since he had zero. And some of my notes at the half were Tomlin's playing this extremely conservative, which I understand you have no respect for the opposing quarterback. But I thought he may have played it a little too close to the vest at that point. 
I thought, you know, there was a special teams penalty. There was two bad punts that went into the end zone. Not awful punts, but that wasn't great. I, I wrote down Pickett's just terrible under pressure at, at this point. But all in all, I said this is a good half on paper and eye test. Real good. But the results kind of stink. I mean, <laughs> it, where's it on the scoreboard? Where's it translating? You know, when you're doing good things, you have this team very much in it. So, obviously, the final score was 16-10. Pickett goes 24-33 for 278. You'll take it. I mean, that's great. Browning, 19 of 26 for 227. A TD and a pick. Najee, 15 for 99. Great. Mixon, 8 for 16. But he did have two catches for 44 yards. He made one play all day. It was a, it was a catch and run late in the game. Phenomenal. Really held him up. Muth, 9 for 120 on 11 targets. Obviously, that was a feature here. And the Bengals are bad against tight ends. Cut tight ends. Eight different Steelers caught passes. Nine different Bengals caught passes. Chase ends up four for 81, but he caught two balls in this game off tips, which how do you defend that? I mean, that's a little fluky, but even if you told me he ended up with 81 yards, no matter how he got it, I'd be like, fine, especially with Porter on him as much as he was. Steelers had 22 first downs compared to 10 for Cincy. They were eight for 17 on third down, where Cincy was two for 10 on third down. Total plays. This is the kind of stuff I love. 68 to 41. Total yards, 421 to 222. Yards per play, 62 to 54. Rushing, averaged 46, ended up with 153 on the ground. Since he averages 2.3 yards per rush and ends up with 25 rushing yards. Both had a turnover. And at the end of the day, the Steelers possessed the ball for well over 37 minutes since he did not get the 23, as you can do the math. Really good stuff. I mean, still, that only ended up with 16 points, but you only allowed 10. I mean, you would think that more points would translate with those numbers. Maybe that's on the horizon. Um, we'll see. Um, lots of nuggets here that are more opinion than numbers. I will be back in a moment. So my first note, and this was kind of what I felt at the half too, but the score didn't reflect it. But I thought this was a pretty dominant day by the Steelers. I mean, you're making this quarterback beat you, and there wasn't a lot to throw. They didn't, they couldn't run the ball. Steelers had a very balanced offense. Got over 400 yards. We don't have to hear about that anymore. On 33 passes and 33 runs, very very balanced with a lot of explosives in there. Now, did the firing of Matt Canada directly result in this? I'm sure there were some things that went smoother. I mean, like they cited things like communication problems and the way they prepared during the week, you know, that Canada put the whole game plan in himself, where this sounded like it was a group effort. It certainly worked. I didn't see glaring things that I've never seen before or anything like that or a lot more play action. Certainly, there was more throws to the middle of the field, but I do think Kenny turned a lot down in previous games. Now, there was a spot here that was just horrendous for the Steelers. So, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Two terrible errors in a row. 
where Johnson can't complete the catch for the touchdown. And on the next play, Warren fumbles. And then they replay it and they go to Gene Steratore or whatever and basically say, that should have been a touchdown by Johnson. Tomlin never reviewed it. And then Johnson on the Warren fumble, I don't know if he thought the thing was being reviewed or he just didn't feel like doing anything to try to pick it up. He just stands around. Two horrendous football plays by everyone involved, but especially Johnson twice, Warren and Tomlin. And I thought they're like, wow, that little section there could keep this team in it. And you should have been put. And otherwise, frankly, I looked at it more the other way. If either Johnson completes the catch or Tomlin reviews it and it gets called a touchdown, it might just be smooth sailing at that point, to be very honest with you. I mean, the way these two teams are playing, the Steelers were the much better team. And at that point, I just thought, man, this could be close to over if they, you know, and some there's some hindsight there. Um, Pickett was really good in this game, very encouraging, except for when under pressure. I mean, there was some flat-out blitzes where he was under pressure, was dirting it, throwing in the seats, still tends to escape to his left a little bit more than he should. That's a tendency everyone's going to pick up on if they haven't already but was poor under pressure. They, they showed the numbers, but it wasn't all the way through. I'll look into that more. But he's got a no interception streak now of 208 passes, and <laughs> that's phenomenal. I mean, he's not turning the ball over, and the middle of the field passing was really, really good in this game. He threw a lot of good balls. More often than not, I thought he looked very much in command. So great game by Pickett. Ends up with a 97.8 passer rating. I can take or leave passer rating. Game ball to Najee Harris, too, though. I mean, talk about running hard and violent. And that opening, one of those first runs where he carried, like, presumably the whole team for a first down, set the tone, man. I, I mean, the guys really like him. He's a leader. He's tough as can be. He's super competitive. I frankly don't think he's the most talented runner in the world, but he does set a tone. Fryermuth, I mentioned, been waiting for that all year. Maybe we'll get a lot more of it. It's you at least put it on tape, and the opponents coming up should be fearful of that. Not ideal, but considering what Fryermuth in the run game did, you got 108 yards out of Johnson and Pickens combined. Okay, I mean it's not exactly you know Marino to Duper and Clayton, but okay. Um, special teams mentioned this before, but. Two special teams penalties. Those two touchbacks, I thought, left a little to be desired, as did the coverage units on those touchbacks. Boz was awesome again, and where would they be without him? I also think the defense, the back seven, which is much maligned by yours truly and others. I mean, I don't think it's a talented group in the back seven, with the exception of Porter. Played really well. And it's not just because this quarterback was in over his head. I mean, I thought he looked pretty decent as well. Better than I expected. I thought Peterson had a good game at first blush. Thompson had an interception. Is he a keeper? I mean, is that a guy you want on this roster the rest of the way and maybe for years to come? Maybe. He was really impressive in camp. Really impressive in the preseason. You got Minka returning to this unit. So, things are starting to shape up a little bit on the back seven where I thought it was close to disaster. 
TJ Watt, another big performance. I thought there were some stretches. He was quiet, but I mean, two more sacks to a season total. He forced a fumble. He had five solo tackles. They were moving him around more. They dropped into coverage some. So, I mean, TJ doing TJ stuff, obviously. Now, if you go to NFL.com, they always write up every game and they give you a next-gen stat of the game. And according to them, Joey Porter lined up across from Jamar Chase on 24 of his 28 routes while while pressing Chase on 10 of those routes. I mean, pressing Jamar Chase is dangerous detail. Chase caught both his targets for 36 yards when Porter was the nearest defender in coverage. But again, some of those were tip balls with both receptions coming in man coverage and tight windows. So (laughs) 24, 28 routes, he lined up against Chase. And without those fluky tip balls, Chase would have had two catches. When it was all said and done, he had four. You'll take it. I mean, Chase is a top five receiver all day long. And that was one of the things that scared me most about this game was, okay, Porter looks like a star in the making. And boy, does he ever now. And I thought, but do you really want him pressing Jamar Chase? I mean, with all respect to Amari Cooper and DeAndre Hopkins, this was a whole nother beast. This was a whole different challenge. And he shined again. I mean, they may have a star in Joey Porter Jr. So wrap this thing up. Just kind of, um, you're probably aware of this, but they're seven and four with the Arizona Cardinals coming to town, who's a bad football team. I think their offense isn't bad, but their defense is horrendous. I look at the Bengals now and I basically think they're eliminated. I mean, so be it. You want them to beat other opponents. You want them to beat the Ravens and Bengals. I, I don't know what their schedule is, but it's very hard. They're basically eliminated. The Colts are not, though. I think we need to pay a little more attention to Indy. And they are on the horizon. I think that game might loom larger than we might want to think. The Bills are basically done to me. I mean, they they lost a heartbreaker in overtime in Philly. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're two games behind Miami in that division. They may have to win out with their tiebreaker situation to even get in the playoffs. And the way their schedule sets up, I don't see that as a possibility. Um, Browns took a big loss. And it sounds like, I mean, they're taping this Sunday night. Miles Garrett might have some things wrong with them. DTR didn't finish the game. So now the Steelers and Browns are both seven and four. You sit there and think, wow, what if the Steelers could have got that game last week? But that's not how the world works. But I would be a lot more worried from a Browns perspective now. I think you have to take Denver semi-serious. I mean, Denver is now six and five and have won five in a row. And Sean Payton has that thing figured out. So them and the Colts, I don't look at as like serious contenders, but they're both six and five and they have good winning streaks going. Colts have won three in a row. So uh, they can't be totally forgotten. I think the Raiders are now goodbye. I mean, they lost to KC. KC is going to win that division going away. And speaking of division winners, now Texans are also right there with Denver and Indy at six and five which is probably good for the Steelers. I think you want Jacksonville to run away with the South. That win puts them a two-game lead over everybody else. I know the Steelers don't have head-to-head stuff against Texans. They'll play the Colts coming up, but they have a game on both them, and the Steelers' schedule isn't all that difficult. So maybe you never even get the head-to-head with those guys. So 
really good day in general. Um, really good day overall. Paid off huge. And because they earned it. They played a very good football game on both sides of the ball. And decided to watch it again. Decided to watch the All-22. Do some more homework on it. And get back to you guys. So take care. Over and out.